Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you very much for being here. There's a lot going on. Legacy media still not paying attention to this Biden story. It gets deeper every day. Yeah. And, and I mean, the top line is there is evidence that Joe Biden was involved in his son's business deals, including while he was vice president, despite the fact that Joe Biden has claimed repeatedly that he never even spoke to his son about business, didn't even talk to him about it. Except now, not only that, and I heard some other people say this, you know, within the last few days, it's not just, you know, a, you know, sort of he was the big guy getting 10 percent that he sort of orchestrated this whole thing and brought Hunter along for the ride. Yeah, it's looking completely different than what people thought initially. Father trains his son in his trade. That's true. Hoping he can hand the ball off at some point in time. I think that's what we've seen. Yeah. and, And he's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Just this time, it's corruption. It's not a hardware store. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, and, and I mean, you have even Hunter Biden's former best friend, who is apparently going to be testifying in front of the House next Monday. And uh, this guy is saying, oh, yeah, Joe Biden was on the phone. I mean, he was sort of the closer, so to speak. Like, just let's get Hunter to get his dad on the line to let these prospective business partners know that the vice president is involved in this and yes. is going to help. Especially with Ukraine and Burisma. Yeah. yeah. So the White House has now moved the goalpost uh, a little bit. Here's the question to Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre and her answer. All right. I'm curious if the White House and the president still stand behind his comment that he's never been involved and has never even uh, spoken to his son about his. Business. So I've been I've been asked this question a million times. The answer is not going to change. The answer remains the same. The president ha- was never in business with his son. I just don't have anything else to add. Oh, well, what is the family business? Right. No. What business? But you, you notice the change. Yeah. Well, yeah, because it, it had been never even spoke to his son. No, ever. And about this, and now it's well, he wasn't in business with him. Can we go to the Wayback Machine for a second? Oh, sure. Okay. I have never discussed with my son or my brother or anyone else anything having to do with their businesses. Period. Oh, period. Mm-hmm. Period. Period. Never discussed it. No. Hey. Didn't the deuce ask him that, too? Mr. Vice President, how many times have you ever spoken to your son about his overseas business dealings? I've never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings. Oh. Hmm. Hmm. Do we have the trifecta early in the show? Do you stand by your statement that you did not discuss any of your son's overseas business yes, dealings? Yes, I stand by that statement. Oh. Oh. He was never in business now. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, you know that's on purpose. Golly, man. She also said she's answered that a million times before. She really hasn't, though. No, she hasn't. Wow. The goalpost move again. Yeah, it's something, man. Mm -hmm. And let me ask you this question, David. I'll ask you first. With Jonathan Turley, do you think people on the left or, say, independents trust Jonathan Turley? 
if they know who he is, uh, not not on the left, but maybe independents. I mean, on the left, as soon as you hear, oh, he's a Fox News contributor, it's gone. Even with what he does for a living. Yeah, he's a law professor, right? Yes. I mean, he's been held in high regard, I thought, for years and years and years, like as a go-to guy. Maybe that's my own bubble that I've been in. Um, but it's interesting because he's talked about, you know, the whistleblowers and watching all of this and the FBI cover-up and just with a short statement kind of said it. And it's increasingly, uh, it seems like the FBI is the place where evidence goes to die. I mean, you send evidence to the FBI, if it has the name Biden on it, uh, it dies a very rapid death. So where it seems like legacy media is ignoring this, and there are a lot of people in the country that don't know, it's not going away. And I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. So we'll see what the next chapter is, I guess. Um, another story out there today, David, this has to do with LeBron James's son, Bronny. Yeah, Bronny James, uh, he's a freshman at USC. They were doing a practice, and he collapsed. He had uh, cardiac arrest. Oof. Now, they, they revived him. They got him to the hospital, so he's in stable condition, but was taken to the ICU. Holy smokes, man. That was shocking to yeah. see the headline. What's the first thing you thought of, Scott? COVID. You wonder the, the vaccine. You of wonder. course. I mean, naturally, that's what I think. A healthy it's, freshman in college. It's happened before with people. Yeah, I know. It may, it may, it may not be vaccine, it at all. It could not be but it. You can't help but think that. Yeah. You just you wonder because of other vaccine related injuries. And you know, you're not saying that's exactly what happened. You don't know. He's passed other. Uh, you know, he's testing before. I'm sure. Yeah, this is. I mean, like you know, breaking. But again, there's going to be more details come yeah. out throughout the day about Gosh, this. Gosh, dang, man, that's frightening. It really is. Um, something else that's getting a little bit of attention is something that the mayor of New York said, David. Dude, this is just bizarre. The mayor of New York, Eric Adams, had this reaction to a heckler at a press conference. Now, <laughs> the heckler said that Eric Adams was bleeping, dropping the f bomb, bleeping with homeless people. Mm hmm. And, and listen, he, here's the reaction, right? He said, he said I'm messing with homeless <laughs> You know that? You know, one should, be a, one should be happy if someone wants to make love to them. You know? <laughs> they made a little joke. They should be happy somebody wants to. <laughs> yeah. I bet he wishes he had that one back. <laughs> <laughs> or, or he's just going, oh, no, I told everybody what I do on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> What a weird, you know, I understand that sometimes you go for the joke and it just doesn't land or it, it sounded better in your head in the moment than it actually came out. Really? That happens to people? That happens to people occasionally. It does. Yeah, hello. Who knew? Yeah, but, All the time. But, but, but I'm not the mayor of New York. No. You're talking about homeless people getting some. <laughs> Break off a little piece for that bag lady. All right. You should be happy anybody Man. is willing to, you're homeless. That's a new campaign Holy slogan for, the net for his re-election campaign. Homeless people, bumpable at times. <laughs> Golly. Gee whiz. Holy cow. Yeah, that's something, man. That's yeah. something. Um, no, something else. If you have a couple of minutes, I know it's early in the show, but if you have a couple of minutes to just go over the coverage of a particular story, you can tell me if this is some sort of propaganda or not. Okay. Okay. You've heard about the 
whole controversy, the Texas border with the buoys. Yeah. Well, they, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So what the state of Texas did was they put uh, buoys with netting underneath in the Rio Grande so that migrants, one, know there is some sort of barrier and they can't cross at certain sections of the river anymore. And now the Department of Justice is suing the state of Texas, saying, well, that you needed permission from the federal government in order to do that, since that's uh, under federal jurisdiction or whatever. And really, I think this is Governor Abbott's way of just drawing a bright red circle around the border crisis that's been going along, uh, that's been happening for the last two and a half years. Yes. So if we go through this report from NBC, okay, and stop it at any time where you call BS anything else, um, I want to hear how you think this goes. This morning, the Rio Grande River separating the U.S. and Mexico has become the latest flashpoint in the battle over border security. Mm -hmm. The Justice Department now suing the state of Texas, demanding the removal of this thousand-foot line of buoys designed to prevent migrants from crossing the river. Well, of course. The government alleges Texas installed it without federal authorization. Texas Governor Greg Abbott responding overnight. Texas is defending its sovereignty and its constitutional right to secure the border of our state and our country. He said that at 2 a.m. at a press conference. It was overnight. Yeah. No, it was the day before. Yeah. Stop that, would they? <laughs> I thought that was weird, I, and I didn't know. They do know. it all the time. Say, so did somebody wake him up? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it goes on. This Honduran couple told us they saw the buoys and went around them to cross the border, let through a fence on private property as the eight-months pregnant woman was having trouble walking any further. The White House calls the barrier dangerous and unlawful, arguing Abbott is trying to undercut the Biden administration's security efforts. Okay, just a question. The Honduran couple, eight months pregnant. Why include that part of the story? Well, you know why. Oh, why? You're sending the impression that it's a bunch of pregnant women right. uh, trying to cross the border, you know, a bunch of, uh, uh, yeah, a bunch of very sympathetic people yes. coming across instead of mostly young single dudes. Correct. Very good. With monthly illegal border crossings now at a two-year low, according to U.S. Customs and Border Protection. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorites. I, it's I still 100000 a month. Yeah, I, I looked this up. It's actually 100000 uh more than it was in 2020, July yes. 2020. So, yeah, it's still actually pretty, pretty sizable. And the other thing is, this is what we talked about when the Biden administration started this so-called parole program. It wasn't actually stopping the number oh. of people coming in. It was stopping how people coming in get categorized. Yes. So if you're part of this parole program, well, you don't count as a border apprehension. You're, you're actually now technically legally here. Now, you're not getting a court date to show up in any sort of uh, courtroom situation. You're not really bound to do anything. You can actually work here for a couple of years yep. at least. Um, and so you're not actually stemming or stopping the flow of people just making this dangerous journey. You're just recategorizing people. <sighs> okay. There's more. The one person that is sowing chaos is Governor Abbott. That's what he continues to do, political stunts in an inhumane way. Earlier Monday, Abbott writing in a letter to President Biden, Texas will see you in court, Mr. President. Hugo Urbina owns a pecan orchard on the river and tells us migrant crossings are frequent. 
He says he supports some of Abbott's border security efforts, but calls the buoys inhumane and ineffective. It's not really hindering anybody, keeping anybody from crossing. Still, immigration. If it's not keeping anyone from crossing, why is it inhumane? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Because people have to walk? Yeah. How can it be? Can't be both, can it? It it makes no sense. (laughs) Okay, it goes on. Still, immigration advocates say they fear migrants will drown while attempting to cross the buoys. Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez represents Eagle Pass. Do you believe the buoys are actually working? It's going to maybe be a deterrent. There has to be more that prevents people from even entering that water. Okay. And to give you all a sense, What's these it? buoys are about the length of three football fields in one of the most shallow parts of the river. So migrants are having to walk further down and navigate deeper water in order to get across. And then when they reach the embankment, Governor Abbott has set up razor wire all along the embankment that they have to get through in order to actually come ashore. Now, as for what... Well, it's supposed to be a deterrent. Right. It's illegal. <laughs> right. What the... They got to do all. They, they got to jump through all these hoops just to come into the country illegally. We were getting used to it just being wide it's, open, and now people are trying to make it harder. The burglar yeah. says yes. that. The burglar says that that deadbolt is really hard to break through. And you started. You, we quit leaving keys under the mat. <laughs> it's inhumane. Yes. What? Yep. It's where we are right now, kids. Okay. David's got a piece of audio that, uh, let's just say, has to do with race hustling that you'll want to hear. And much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, what's this story? Somebody's grandpa was a slave or something? Yeah, well, okay. So the left is lying about Florida again, claiming that they want to teach kids that slavery was beneficial. Like, it was a good thing. It was like summer camp, right? Oh, my goodness. The vice president has made that astounding claim, and, of course, it's not true. You actually look at what they're talking about, and we've gone over this so much. It's just, it is just an astounding lie that has been leveled at the state of Florida uh, from the left. Well, one of the guys who worked on the standards is a guy named Dr. William Allen. He's a black guy. Okay. His great-grandfather was a slave. And he talked about that when asked whether or not the standards should be changed. Interesting. Okay. I do not. No. I I think it would be effectively to erase people's history. And let me illustrate that for you, if I may. Uh, My great-grandfather is someone who came from the islands and who was enslaved here, and whose own resourcefulness, resilience, and adaptiveness was certainly instrumental in producing for his family, his descendants, the ability to prosper here in this country. Hence, from his resourcefulness, we derive benefits. I think anyone who would try to change that language would be denying that great-grandfather Sidipus made any contribution. I certainly could not endorse doing that. Wow. Mm -hmm. So when's that going to get covered? No, well, yeah, ABC News had like a five-second soundbite of this guy, but that was about it. Meanwhile, you've got... How did they present it in the five-second soundbite? It was he defended the... Not not that particular story. There was another clip from the interview that that they used. (sighs) Okay. 
And and, and look, and, and I thought it was really uh, cool to have somebody from the state of Florida actually highlight the entire interview to say, hey, look, this is what this guy is saying. He's referencing something that is deeply personal to him. It's literally part of his family story that, yes, there were slaves that were resilient. They were uh, they were able to take certain skills and develop new ideas and of how to raise a family, how to provide for a family that wound up benefiting future generations. And that's his personal story that he's telling. And I think that's a really powerful testament. And meanwhile, you got the Mensa Club on places like The View saying, I don't even think they talk to any black people about this oh, curriculum. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Coming from the news field, David, mm-hmm. if you're putting together a package, wouldn't you include that part of what that guy said? You would like, think, Isn't that yeah. a big part of the story, along with what Kamala said? Just yesterday in the state of Florida, they decided middle school students will be taught that enslaved people benefited from slavery. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not stand for it. Someone with a different point of view is this gentleman who yeah, talks right. about his great-grandfather. <laughs> yeah. That would tell you the whole story. That's mm. her whole game, though. That's it. Oh, the propaganda? Just stirring racial tension. Oh. Keeping it alive. Absolutely. That's, she's gotten no other skill. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, she may have other skills, but hey. Yeah. Well, that's part of it. Hello. Speaking about... Racial tension. And we can get into more of this later. Probably familiar with the controversy around the song Try That in a Small Town from Jason Aldean. Yeah. Okay. So this thing was not a big deal until the video comes out. Oh, it's been out several months. CMT yeah. cancels it. So it's number one in country. Did you know it's number two on the Billboard Hot 100? I saw that wow. today. Yeah. That never happens, by the way. Holy smokes, yeah. man. Like blowing up the backlash to the backlash mm-hmm. is pretty huge. We'll get into more of that coming up a little bit later. Um, <laughs> you have another clip of Kamala Harris, David. No. Is this fresh? It is fresh audio. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, yeah, that much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, I'm the Gen Xer, by the way. The millennial is David Van Camp and the sexy boomer, Scott Robbins. Kamala Harris was speaking, David. Yeah, you know. She is, or I should say she has, a unique ability to take something complex. Here we go. And whittle it down to an incomprehensible yet succinct statement. She was asked what she thinks of America. How can you define America? Okay. I see America as being a place where we are going to continue, all of us, to believe in all that is possible and work toward it. God. All right. Just put it down. I mean, a lot of things, a lot, a lot of things are possible that we really shouldn't be working toward, right? Yes. What does that mean? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Another effort to just be grandiose yes. and have an all-timer as you far as statements go. Everything you say is going to someday be <laughs> carved in stone for many generations to admire. You think that. <laughs> There's no way that makes any sense. None of that. It's just all garbled nonsense. <laughs> Hyperbole, superlatives, and just garbage. 
Maybe she has the sort of theory as if you throw enough out there, one may land. <laughs> you know, I know it only people, takes one. There's a downside to AI, but the upside is we wouldn't have to hear this anymore. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's writing that for her. That's the deal. Gosh. But yeah. Okay. So whatever that was supposed to mean. Who knows? And if you pick on her, you're racist of and course. sexist. Yeah, yeah, Anything well, else? Oh, blah, blah. Well, the whole possible thing. She loves the sure, possible. Yeah, she does. Yeah. She's talked about that before. We I think. have the ability to see what can be mm-hmm. unburdened by what has been. <laughs> and then to make the possible actually happen. Yeah. Yes. Low set of skills. Vice president. She also likes unburdened by what has been. She's oh, used yeah, that she several times, that. too. Yeah. She loves it. Yes. She's all about freedom. <laughs> Honestly, if you if you were to be nice, say you're uh, Kamala's brother, okay, and you're saying, okay, what's her best skill set? Like, find the positive there. Yeah. And I mean this sincerely. What would it be? Well, if I was her brother, unfortunately, her best skill set would not be legal in most states. Hmm. Okay. I don't even know that. I mean, seriously, if it was like job interviews, say she was completely out of politics. Okay. How could you... Okay, one is know the off-ramp, because that's one big problem that she has, where she just kind of keeps talking and talking and talking. Yes. And just it spirals out of control. I'm not asking you to point out her problems. I'm okay. saying that what's positive. What's positive? She can schmooze. I, she can schmooze. One way of putting it, yeah. Maybe. We go around, I mean, she'd be a good person, like if she was trying to sell your company. You know, and she's yeah. out. I'm, I'm serious I, right now. I would not want her representing any of my financial interests. No, I wouldn't either. Uh, I, tra- I, play, I play over and over in my head if she was a car salesman trying to sell you undercoating afterwards and it would be like a 50 word explanation as to why you should have undercoating and at the end of it you'd buy it because you're so tired of what's happening you just go okay <laughs> whatever gets you to shut yeah. up the quickest yeah, all right all right <laughs> uncle all right. i'll get right by get it <laughs> shut all right i tried i tried but yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's it's really difficult i mean with many politicians you can say well listen they i may not you know, agree with them politically, but I would say this person is good at A, B, or C. Right. No, I, there is a certain skill you would seem you'd have to obtain yes. to get that job. Yeah. You know what? She was a senator, and she would get the prepared statement, say, you know, before some hearing, and she would deliver that. She could appear to be somewhat smart and confident yeah but there's always a prone to this stuff going yeah, on well you get her off script and, and it's the a minute disaster. she hit the stage in the presidential primary it was over. she was exposed it was over yes all right switching gears you know what this is a crazy piece of audio at least to me and it goes on for over a minute and i didn't know what it was we were off air yesterday later in the day and a lot of times david you and i would like to wind down you know, talk about something different. Not Robbins. No. He's just hammering whatever is out there. What? Did you see this? No, no, man. I want a mental break. He just keeps hammering it, playing it, and he plays it loud, by the way. Anyway, and I'm like, who is who is that talking? What is this? And then he tells me, oh, that's one of the teachers' union presidents. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, it's not. Are you serious? Yeah. 
And he said, yes, it is. The National Education Association. Association. Which is the largest teachers union. I thought they were the second. No, they're the largest. They're the they largest. Are the largest. American yeah. Federation of Teachers is number two. Weingarten's number two. Yeah. Right. So that means this, this is president, number one. Becky Pringle, number one. Yeah. Yes. And she's giving a speech. And she's wrapping it up. In front of all her constituents, yes. Yes. Well, these teachers, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to this. I can hear Chief Seattle crying out to us, urging us to remember when you know who you are, when your mission is clear, and you burn with the inner fire of an unbreakable will. No cold can touch your heart. No deluge can dampen your purpose. Time out, time out, time out. Gosh dang. Because David hasn't heard this, which is by design. <laughs> what is this? Dude, well, I think what they were saying in hot air was, when you don't have a religion, this is what you adapt. It's yeah. like your politics. And then you're preaching your gospel to people. Because that's what it sounds like. Like it's under a tent. Like this Over is the a, top. This is an altar call. This is a call. Well, the, I mean, this the cadence and everything... Yes. It, it sounds like the love child of Kamala Harris and Harry Carey pretending to be Martin Luther King. Very, very well said. Wow, that's good off the top because of Because here in Kamala, I'm like, oh, yeah. there's somebody that can do this act better. Yeah. Here we go. And yay, you are those stars in the darkness. Your light will not be dimmed. Your purpose will drive you in our righteous fight for freedom because you know who you are. It's freaking on the end. Gosh dang. It makes me uncomfortable, man. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for Cubs win, Cubs win. That makes you uncomfortable? Yeah, it does. We have one minute left. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. It gets better. (laughs) She's just getting wound up here. You know what? What we're going to do, because of the passion involved with that, we are going to table it 10 minutes from now to finish. Okay. Because we are on schedule. I'm going to keep the schedule. We do this about every day at this time. We go around the table. Different stories that are out there. May not be the biggest, but it caught your attention. David, today, what's your story? Well, this is a very specific story. As a uh, native Texan, I want to congratulate our listeners in Las Vegas, listening on KDON right now. Thank you very much, as always. Oh, and congratulations, yeah. because you're finally getting a Whataburger in Las Vegas. Oh, nice. That is very good, yes. Uh, they are uh, going to be opening next to the Waldorf Astoria, uh, just south of Harmon Avenue, in a two-story building that is co-located with Perry's Pizzeria and Tap House. Mm-mm. So welcome to the developed world, Las Vegas. You have a Whataburger. By the way, we're not sponsored by Whataburger. No. Not yet, anyway. Be a lot cooler if we were. David's calling on. <laughs> David's calling on today. I call him every day. <laughs> yeah. All right, Scott. What's your story? My story is the summer heat. It's oppressive. We know that, right? Yeah. Very strange phenomenon right now, sweeping, sweeping across our planet, particularly the northern hemisphere. Temperatures have risen. Uh, you can actually go outside and enjoy the outdoors, friends, family. It is warm enough now. Hillary Clinton though has a problem with all this heat that's happening right now. She tweeted out yesterday, hot enough for you, question mark? Think a mega Republican, or better yet, vote them out of office. Oh, my goodness. Now you see what the problem is, right? It's, 
it's the MAGA Republicans who are making it hot right now. Huh. It's a Republican's fault that it's summer. But MAGA Republicans specifically. So yeah, global warming wasn't a thing before 2015? No. Interesting. <laughs> and I don't know if the Republicans raised the temperature on other planets, too. Maybe. I don't even know. <laughs> wow, man. MAGA Republicans are the reason Pluto is no longer a planet. It started you know, to melt. Right. It's like the whole segment of grifters. Because when I hear Hillary and I hear the unhinged ranting and nonsense. I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. Nobody told me that the road would be easy. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. Wow, man. Somebody mentioned, shot back at her and said, it's going to be a whole lot hotter where you end up. Yeah. How about that? Damning your eternal soul. For me, for my story today, uh, well, I want to start it out by this. Um, I don't know if you knew, uh, there is a huge summer for soccer in America going on right now. Oh, yeah, I know. I've I've seen it everywhere. Breathless breathless coverage. The fever from the U.S. women's team. Yeah. To Messi mania. Messi! Yeah. To Ryan Reynolds' Wrexham team taking this country by storm inside the huge summer for soccer in America. Well, that was you just promoted another country. They're excited yeah. about his team. And as far as the U.S. women's team and the whole FIFA Women's World Cup, oh. we heard early on, remember, when they first announced it, ticket sales, great setting record. Oh, yeah, everywhere. It's insane. Can't wait. And then you find out just, you know, a week or so ago, Wait a second. New Zealand, they're giving away 20,000 tickets? They can't sell them? What's going on? I didn't see that in our media. There, no, you didn't see it anywhere. BBC had a report on that. Uh-oh. But despite how big this event is and the fact that, for example, Eden Park has invested about 21 million US dollars upgrading its facilities ahead of the cup, ticket sales have been lackluster. The organizers, FIFA, have had to give out about 20,000 tickets just to try and fill the stadiums. And very few of the games are sold out. Those that are all involve New Zealand. So what's behind this lack of demand? Anybody? Yawn. <laughs> um, hmm. Nobody cares. I mean, I could go through what they put out there on the BBC, this dude from New Zealand that runs, you know, part of the stadiums. He was saying, well, it's, you know. The reality is that um, it's been challenging across um, all events in Aotearoa. There is a cost of living crisis in New Zealand, and that correlates to then buyer habits and, and decisions being made. So uh, awareness has had to be built over time, and uh, I'm sure throughout the tournament. Wait a second. The New Zealand games are sold out. It's for yeah. the other countries. That doesn't seem to make sense. So, I mean, you kind of go through this, what this guy's saying. You're like, well, it seems, you know, kind of BS he, to me. He's going to bring up COVID? I, I, he did not bring that up. I was waiting for that. Yeah. Um, and despite all of these troubles when it comes to filling the stadiums, this World Cup is expected to be the largest attended women's sporting event of all time. Okay. All right. That's fine. That'd be good. I'm not, it's not like I want the whole thing to fail. 
I mean, I think there are a lot of people in the United States that have been frustrated with the U.S. women's team because of the whole kneeling for the anthem and there's always protesting well, something. Yeah. I don't even know what they're protesting right now. Does anyone actually know? What is I, it? Well, it was wages for a while. Well, you got that. Then they wanted, I don't know. It was BLM? Equality in our country or what? Who knows? Okay. I don't know. I lost track. So when I was looking up the story about the ticket sales, because I'd heard about that, see, is that true? I saw this other piece. This was from, you know, April of this year. This is crazy, man. It was called the FIFA farce. And this was from an Australian newspaper where you do have big fans. And there was this mom, they had the story, because her kids got this terrible disease. And she's been a soccer player since she was little. They were going to go, right? Uh-huh. The way they did the tickets is if you went, went in early, you were supposed to get good seats. They put them in the rafters, man. Oh, man. Ooh. You're actually punished for getting your tickets early. <laughs> total scandal. Wow. Just bad all the way around. You know, back in our day, they would have canceled the soccer by now. <laughs> Sorry, lack of ticket sales and canceled. We're not doing it. And they try to sell, sell soccer here. Oh, I know. It's never going to stop. All right. The rest of that unhinged rant from the teachers union and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, if you're just joining us, played part of the speech from the National Education Association President Becky Pringle, America's number one teachers union. Every parent should see this, by the way. Oh, my gosh. Because this isn't so much about, hey, encouraging teachers, you know, teaching your kids how to read and write and everything else. It's like this social justice movement. And as she's wrapping up this speech, it goes to this other sort of religious level. It's strange for a lot of people to hear this. You know who you are. You are the NDA. Our mission is clear. We will advocate for the rights of education professionals. And we will change this world. You look disturbed, David. Yeah. Dang. That is, I mean, like a cult, man. It is a cult, but communism is a cult. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. What do we got? 30 seconds or so? For our students with that inner fire burning, we will never bend. We will never be broken because we are the NBA and we will always, always do what we must be worthy of our students. Thank you, NDA, for all you do every day for okay. our babies and for our colleagues what? and for your states and for this country. Onward, NDA. Onward. You want that person teaching your kid? The last 60 seconds of the show brought to you by Homeschool Incorporated. <laughs> Yes. Probably sounded better in the original Russian. (laughs) (laughs) Holy smokes, man. Wow. Wow. Man. Why do you keep saying you're trying to indoctrinate kids? (laughs) They won't stop. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's a lot going on today, all of a sudden. Um, let's start here. Um, stopping illegal immigration is just cruel. It's inhumane. Apparently so. Joe Biden is suing the state of Texas because the state put up a floating border wall in the river about what they said is uh, three football fields wide. Yeah. Somewhere around there to stop people from crossing at a shallow point in the Rio Grande. Uh, mm-hmm. Former HUD secretary and failed presidential candidate Julian Castro uh says that it is just cruel to dissuade people from trying to come into the country illegally he was on with msnbc's joy reed who said the governor of texas is trying to kill people by stopping them from crossing the rio grande okay this appears to be an attempt to cause death to migrants including women and children is that the way you see it Uh, yes it is joy i mean this is sick stuff This goes beyond just passively trying to keep people out. As you described, this is active. Is that what we're supposed to do? Passively Passively. trying to stop? Yeah, because that works really well. Mm -hmm. Okay. Since when? That's ridiculous. This is actively trying to harm people. This is sick. It's performative cruelty by Governor Abbott. Harm people? It's telling you, you can't cross here. You can't do it. Don't try it. Don't do it. Not trying to hurt you. Trying to tell you for your own good. Not here. It's the same reason why you might have electrified fences around secure areas. Of course. You're not actively trying to hurt people. You're just saying, hey, if you try to cross this, you you could get hurt. So don't do it. Oh, my goodness. How do we know that? Well, we know that because the number of boarding border crossings in Texas has actually plunged, <laughs> and the federal approach has... That freaking lie, man. Yeah. They just go on with it. It's still Oh, no up. one stops you. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And the federal approach has been working, and instead of no, recognizing that and trying to work with the federal government to make sure that things you want to open borders in your direction... Uh, and also perhaps do something about comprehensive immigration uh-huh. reform. Yeah. Governor Abbott engages in another level of cruelty to appeal to his right-wing base. Yeah, it's cruelty. Yeah, all those border towns. You just should deal with it. Just let people in. Yeah. Well, Let them take over your ranch. Let them take over your property. It's, it's, the, it's inhumane right. not to. It's always the pontification of those who don't have to live with whatever nonsense they're spouting. Right. right. They're up there. No, of course not. Yeah, defund the police. I live in a gated community. Right. Okay. Yeah. It's just nonsense. Okay. Let's get on to uh, possible impeachment for Biden. Yeah. So we have IRS whistleblowers saying that the DOJ blocked them from pursuing more serious charges against Hunter Biden. Also blocked them from doing any investigation that might lead to Joe Biden. Plus an FBI source saying there's evidence that Joe and Hunter took bribes from a Ukrainian gas company. And on top of all of that... Hunter's business partner is preparing to testify that Joe Biden was deeply involved in his son's business. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy was on Hannity last night, and as the interview was wrapping up, he said this. 
I believe we will follow this all the way to the end, and this is going to rise to an impeachment inquiry the way the Constitution tells us to do this, and we have to get the answers to these questions. That's what I said the other day. Yeah. And some people think you're nuts. No, man, that's impeachable. Yeah. yeah. I mean, again, it can't be stressed enough that Democrats impeach Donald Trump for asking about what's being alleged here. Yes. He asked about it, and they impeached him. Yeah, you should probably impeach the guy who actually was taking part in some sort of nefarious activity. I mean, I, I, you know, to this point, I've still been wondering what are you, what are Republicans waiting for? Start it now. I mean, you you don't have to slow walk anything. Um, and I don't know if there's the timing aspect of it that they want to get closer into, like a presidential campaign. Uh, maybe that's it. Which still, whatever. Okay. Um, but uh, like the day after Devin Archer, the uh, business associate of Hunter Biden, testifies, that's when you impeach. I hope he follows through and does it. Because Archer, as said before, he was going to talk and then cancels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, I'll talk to you. Nah, I got to cancel. It was supposed to be this week. Now it's Monday? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see, man. I think I think it's probably going to happen. But they already have enough, to your point, David. You know, and George Washington University uh, professor, lawyer, Jonathan Turley, talking about the whistleblowers, and this was on Fox, sort of the, the Q&A. And it gets deep in the weeds, especially when I try to explain it. <laughs> he does it much better than I can. Um, explaining actually what we saw, because as you're just watching this and reading about it, you're like, this is crazy. When in our history has something this big happened that so many people around the country don't know because media won't pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. It's it's very frustrating. They also testified that they were uh, denied uh, the ability to be debriefed on what was uh, coming out of the uh, FBI on this issue. And Bill Barr said that he sent this issue originally to Pittsburgh, and the U.S. Attorney's Office, rather than the FBI, found additional information that the FBI did not. And then they sent it to Delaware. And it's increasingly uh, it seems like the FBI is the place where evidence goes to die. I mean, you send evidence to the FBI. FBI, if it has the name Biden on it, uh, it dies a very rapid death. They had everything they needed to know. They covered it up. And that, for some people, and I believe this to be true, is an even bigger story. Yeah. Okay, you got a corrupt politician, in this case, the president. Yes, and here's all the corruption and how he was using his position. Yes, it's absolutely awful. But we also have proof of the deep state of the FBI covering it up. Uh, and so we have no idea why this was not shared. The key about that 1023 is that it mirrors perfectly what the House committees have found. It describes how the Bidens preferred to use a labyrinth of accounts and banks to hide payments, that no payments would go to what it refers to as the big guy, a term we've seen on the laptop, uh, and that this was all an effort to conceal these transactions. That's exactly what the committees have found in looking at the transactions from these banks. Yes. So there's no reason why this would be withheld because it confirmed independent information that they had access to. Yes. It's so deep the way it runs. I mean, it's really a great story. It's like a Netflix freaking special. Oh, yeah. Except no one knows it's even happening. Mm -hmm. It's very frustrating. 
And by the way, he's a terrible dog owner, too. He fight. is. Well, the, you know, this, this, these are the things that matter to people, <laughs> that he's a terrible dog owner. Well, yeah. I'm telling you, this means more to people than any of this other stuff. Wow. So, it so, shouldn't, but it does. So there's a new story now about one of uh, Joe Biden's rescue German shepherds. Uh, remember Joe Biden's German shepherd, Major? Major was the one who got booted from the White House because he kept biting people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, now it's come out that the other dog, Commander, also bites people and even sent a Secret Service agent to the hospital. Like, Whoa. in that case, the Secret Service officer was sitting at the bottom of a stairwell in the White House. Commander comes up or comes down the stairs, walks up to him. The dog then bit into the officer's arm and thigh. Another officer came in. They pushed the dog away with a steel cart. A couple days after the fact, one of the members of the Secret Service wrote in an email, what a joke. If it wasn't their dog, he would have already been put down. And I'm quoting here, freaking clown needs a muzzle. <laughs> Another officer was bitten while Jill Biden was walking the dog because Jill Biden didn't know how to handle that animal. Right. I mean, this is the thing. I feel bad for the German Shepherds because they were young. I think what one was two years old or something like that. Fairly young dog that they put in a completely chaotic situation where apparently you don't you don't know who the master is. You don't you have no idea who is it Joe? Well no. Is it Jill? She's incapable. They had a dog trainer in there, but that only goes so far. There So it's basically Joe wants to have a dog around. Yeah. Okay, but he, he's the president. He doesn't have time to train the dog or be the dog's master. He just wants that dog he around. Because he's a selfish, I almost said sure. a word I can't say on the air. Well, it's the photo yeah. op thing. Man with dog. Aw. Yeah. Okay. No, it's it's terrible. I mean, dude, the dog whisperer guy, Cesar Milan, offered after the, uh, after the major caper, uh, <laughs> offered to go and help, you know, train the dogs, but Joe doesn't have the time to do it. I mean... I would just say this, man. He he is hell bent on keeping these hellhounds in the White House, and still will yeah, not recognize his seventh grandchild. To my knowledge, the grandchild's never bitten anybody. <laughs> All I'm thinking is, is Mika Brzezinski from Morning Joe going to say it's the staff's job protect him for crying out loud? He's life. eighty. You need to be there for him. So do a better job. Yeah, don't let the dog bite. Well, yep. It's a mega dog. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, a good, Trump won. <laughs> <laughs> okay, David, you have a story about the Just Stop Oil party? Oh, yeah. There's a climate change cult called Just Stop Oil. Okay. Uh, these are the ones that glue themselves to things and throw soup on paintings and uh, sit down in the middle of highways and whatnot. In the UK... The I got an idea for him. Yeah? Biden's dog. Yeah. <laughs> in the UK, the group held a banquet and a couple of YouTube pranksters called Josh and Archie decided to have some fun. So they put little alarms on helium balloons and let the balloons go in the banquet hall so the alarms were stuck on the ceiling going off. And no one could reach him. They didn't have ladders tall enough to get his really high ceiling. Uh, here's here's a part of the part of the audio here. So just just to let you know what was interrupting these these people's uh, good time. Okay. <laughs> I 
That's hilarious. Yeah. You got you got all these little twig boys like trying to bring up big ladders, but they had like fifteen footers, <laughs> and the and the ceilings are easily like thirty to forty 30, feet up. Yeah, and they yeah. they can't they can't reach it. <laughs> That's brilliant. That's so great. Here. <laughs> Glue yourself. You're going to hear this all day. Yep. Oh, again? (laughs) Love that. Oh, you know that Alabama woman that was kidnapped? Yeah, she finally admits, yeah, okay, it didn't happen. We'll get to that update and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Man. David Van Camp just started cracking up. What did you see? Sorry. Uh, okay. So, you know how Twitter rebranded, and now it's X, and yes. apparently the plan is to make it like an all-encompassing social media platform where you can even do financial transactions and whatnot. I'm not interested in that for the same reason I'm not interested in uh, paying via uh, Facebook or Apple or any anyone else. I'm just not interested right. in that. Um, but once again, the Twitter is dead narrative has come out. Oliver Darcy, media yeah. reporter with CNN. Mm-hmm. Listen to this overwrought nonsense. X marks the end. Twitter is dead. This platform only reluctantly lives on as a zombie. Warped and disfigured, it marches on like a white walker. An ugly shell of its former self under the command of a loathsome leader. R.I.P. Twitter. It was a fun ride. Oh, my goodness. Just relax, bro. Man. Damn. Is he one of those guys that threads is the Twitter killer? Yeah. Oops. Yeah, and then no Threads is dying it. fast. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, not a surprising update on that story that I think the media wanted to grip the nation for a while. Mm-hmm. It was... The woman kidnapped, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. In Alabama. But she was able to get away from her captors. That's what we were told, yeah, the, you know, pretty much early on. Alabama, get away, yeah. Get away. It has its own theme song. Alabama, get away, get away. Yeah. The, yes. The story that initially happened, it's in Hoover, Alabama. A young woman named Carly Russell went missing. The initial story was that she was driving on the interstate, called 911, saying there's a toddler walking on the side of the road. She went to go help and then was kidnapped by a white man with orange hair who pulled her into an 18-wheeler. Now, mm. she didn't She didn't take this lying down. She fought back. Strong woman, independent woman. Yes. Fought back, escaped. Oops, got kidnapped again. This time uh, by the man and a, and a woman that was with her, apparently. And they took the toddler and then they, 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 they chained her up. Oh, I'm sorry. They didn't actually bind her wrist because, as she told the cops, they didn't want marks on her wrists mm-hmm. that's what she claimed in reality yes, and then she had some snacks but she had bought the snacks earlier in the day <laughs> yeah, right there was never a toddler there were never any kidnappers and the cops came out with this but ass- there were snacks no there were snacks she ate them. absolutely yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah she actually had the detail that they fed her cheez-its yes and then One the at cops the time, were like, "You had to catch them in the air. How, yeah. how, how did that work?" <laughs> but, but, but then they said, "Hey, wait a minute! You stopped at Target before you went missing and bought Cheez-Its." <laughs> yes, and, and then the receipt. The cops came out last week and said, "Well, we found several inconsistencies with the stories, and also her uh, well Google searches 
well, were a little suspicious. Yes. Uh, she had been looking for information on Amber Alerts, and also at one point, the day she went missing, did some real deep research by apparently viewing or at least reading about the Liam Neeson movie Taken. <laughs> God. <laughs> well, through her lawyer, she has admitted that she made the whole thing up. Yes. And now the question is, well, should she be facing charges? Absolutely. Yes. Well, false Lied reporting to authorities is a crime. Think about how many, how many hours that took, how many people that were on this case for the Alabama getaway. Did she search Grateful Dead music, too? I doubt it. The only, I thing, that only thing missing was the orange-haired guy didn't say, this is mega country. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, goodness, man. I don't know if you saw this story. It's not related to that. It's just kind of a crazy story. But this dude that lives in California, he went on vacation for a while, went to Vancouver, got back, his stuff is gone. His landlord had Airbnb to his apartment. Oh, jeez. <laughs> he told the landlord he'd be out of town. And so the landlord's like, hey, can make a little extra cash, just rent the place without telling him. And they're saying, well, we did nothing wrong. No, there is an expectation of privacy when you yeah. rent. Oh, so, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Going to yeah. be going to court Jeez. there. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay. Biggest story today is what? Uh, biggest story today is, to me, the DOJ is suing the state of Texas for uh, doing the federal government's job for it. Apparently, they, you got to get permission before you put up any sort of barricade <laughs> in the river. What a joke. To stop your state's communities from being overrun by Joe Biden's border crisis. Yes. Now, this is going to backfire to me because, you know, Greg Abbott is has been really excellent in drawing a big red circle around the border crisis through mm-hmm. busing migrants to other cities and whatnot. And now, here we go, a high-profile case like this. Here we go. All right, more on that. And... Piece called The Hidden Career Cost of Being Overweight. Interesting. Coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. Much to get to. Um, anybody heard about this Jason Aldean controversy? No. <laughs> yeah. A couple of times. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get to it coming up in a bit because that was one of the big promos today from the Today Show and their big open, you know. Jason Aldean's song, which many are calling racist, now one of the biggest hits in the United States. Many are calling racist? racist. Many. Many. All those people who didn't listen to J- Jason Aldean to begin with. Right. And still can't cite a lyric that's racist. Say it's racist. How right. many? Okay. Yeah, we'll get to that coming up in just a few. All right. Um, boy. Did the Biden administration just admit something by saying, hey, the, Texas is getting the way of what we want to do with just letting people in, uh, just walk through? Yeah, kind of. I mean, accidentally, though. But this is what happens when your press secretary is somebody who was kicked in the head by a mule when they were a kid. Uh, Joe Biden is suing the state of Texas because the state put up a floating border wall within the river uh, to stop people from crossing at a particularly shallow pass of the Rio Grande. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre says the floating barrier is ruining the federal government's plan. What? When we 
when we uh, move forward uh, with a plan, right, a plan of deterrence, diplomacy, and also uh, enforcement with how we were going to move forward after Title 42 was lifted, we actually saw the numbers go down. Uh, <laughs> we actually saw the, the president's plan working. Yeah. And what you see uh, the governor doing is dangerous and unlawful, and it's actually hurting the process. It's hurting the process of what we're trying to do. Okay, I want to make sure that I don't have the numbers jacked up here. You're talking about 100000 a month. Yeah, well, in the month of June, it was around 150,000. Okay. Apprehensions. Projections, 100,000, which is still more than 2020. Yes. It's okay. Stop with this. Well, the plan was working. It's yeah. not working. People are flooding through. Well, if you're Texas, you have to do something well, about it's it. It's working for 150,000 illegals. Well, that's true. But yes. Yeah. Well, they're, they're also just. Re, again, they're they're recategorizing who counts as a border apprehension and who doesn't. That's part of this parole program. So they're just letting people in at this point uh, without actually changing immigration law. Uh, well, through legal means. So they're they're basically just saying, no, we're not counting you as someone here illegally anymore, even though like six months ago they would have been. Right. We just count it different. Our plan is working, yeah. fooling the American people to say there's nothing going on well, here. Right. And the analogy I've used before is if I say, hey, I'm going to cut back on drinking beer. So instead of drinking 10 beers, I'm drinking five beers a day. But I'm also drinking now five shots of vodka every day. I didn't actually lower my drinking. I just, well, was very specific in saying I'm not drinking as much beer anymore. Why do you look convicted, Robin? Well, I've, I've tried that game. <laughs> yeah. You didn't try it. You were very successful at it. Oh, no, I, I, I it wasn't so. with vodka, though. Yeah. It was, I had four beers, okay? Yeah. Four 60-ouncers. <laughs> yeah. It's like the 30, big 30-ouncers. 30 yeah. yeah. Well, yes. I'm not yeah. lying. Yes. Yay. <laughs> That's exactly. That was, I think, recorded back in those That's days. That's right. After I finished my fourth. <laughs> Something like that. Cow. Yes. Okay, let's just get this out of the way. The Jason Aldean controversy. Try that in a small town. Here's the crazy thing, man. There's the backlash to the backlash. So the video comes out. CMT, Country Music Television. No, we won't have it. It could be construed as racist. We're not going to have that here. Okay. And so all of a sudden, the song blows up. And now it's not just top of the country charts. It's number two on the Billboard Hot 100. 100. That's hilarious. Yeah. And, I mean, we've talked about this, you know, a couple of different times because it's like this story that just keeps rolling on and on. Do you want to hear some of the Today Show coverage of this? Of course oh, I sure. do. Okay, roll it out. Here we go. The track, which Aldine did not write, isn't just getting attention for its lyrics. The music video is sparking outrage because it prominently features a Tennessee courthouse where a black teenager was lynched in 1927 and a race riot took place in 1946. Uh-oh, that got Van Camp. It's a popular filming location. It was in a Hannah Montana movie. <laughs> right. Amongst Dude. others, by the way. <laughs> okay, this is what's funny. Uh, because I'm, I skipped to about, this is like a minute ten into this uh -huh. coverage. At the very end, they, they mention that. Okay, but I'll let this play on for a little while, the way it's presented. The video features news clips of protests and police confrontations, some of which seemingly happened during Black Lives Matter demonstrations in response to police killings. 
Yes, they did. But it also involves a bunch of white people, well, including Antifa and a white woman spitting in a cop's face. Yeah, it's, that's in the video. It's covering rioting. <laughs> like yes. if it were if it were uh, if it were, I don't know, a music video that showed peaceful protesting of just somebody like standing around holding a Black Lives Matter sign, maybe you would have a, a point in bringing this up. But you're talking about acts of violence that were condoned and encouraged by many on the left. Yes. And so from there, it plays part of the song and showing the video, okay? July 14th, the country music channel CMT banned it. Nine-time Grammy winner Sheryl Crow is part of a growing chorus Yawn. calling out the song's sentiments, writing in part... Okay, we've already gone over this. Who cares growing, what Sheryl Crow said thinks about anything? Exactly. Well, yeah, so what? She said it last week, didn't she? Yes, yeah. but and to them, that's growing sentiment against it, okay? There's nothing small-town or American about promoting violence. You should know that better than anyone, having survived a mass shooting. In 2017, Al Dean was performing at the Route 91 Festival in Las Vegas when a gunman opened fire on the crowd. Okay, what does that have to do with this song? Nothing. It's violence. It's just stupid. It goes on. Aldine is responding to the backlash about his song, saying there is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. No, there isn't. It's no. True. CMT confirmed to us the video remains out of its rotation. We reached out to Aldine for further comment. His team referred us to his original statement last week from Twitter. The production company behind that music video says Aldine did not select the filming location at the courthouse and that it was picked only because it's a popular place for productions to shoot in the area. Right before the video was pulled from CMT, it had about 350,000 views on YouTube. It's still on YouTube. I checked this morning, 17 million views. Yeah, so it's still on YouTube. Well, of course it is. Why would they pull it? Yeah, I, I kind of think that, again, the clarification on it was the site of a lynching. That would have been nice when you mentioned that it was the yes. site of a lynching. Yep. If you even bother to mention that it was the site of a lynching at all, because that's not what that area is known for in the music video and um and and film and tv production world it's not like hey let's go to that place where somebody got lynched a hundred years ago it's like hey let's go to that cool looking courthouse right. yeah that'd be cool for this shot yeah but they don't want to do that because they want to stoke that whole fire they're the enemy of the people, dude. They are. That That is not an honest report at all. That is propaganda. Well, they also know nothing about human nature. Tell somebody they shouldn't see something or shouldn't hear something. And yeah. the thing is, they're going to want to even more see it and hear it. Yes. I'm not a country music guy. I could care less about Jason Aldean. I don't know anything about Jason Aldean. But guess who watched the video more than once? Me. <laughs> because you, Stompy Foots, told me I shouldn't. I know. I know. And I, dude, it'd take too much editing. I watched, uh, you know, the Cartier family. It's like these four black dudes. They're hilarious, I, I think. I've seen them react to a number of different things over time. And them reacting to this video was very funny. Like, they're trying to cancel them for that? Yeah. They're saying you bring that crazy stuff here, it ain't going to fly. There's, that happens in a lot of places in the world. Like, you bring that here, 
it's not going to go over yeah. well. Yes, of course. All right. And the caliber of people who told me I shouldn't watch it or I should be angry with it told me I should watch it more than once. <laughs> I should buy it. I uh, saw this, switching gears, the Wall Street Journal, the hidden career cost of being overweight. Like, what? So then I see a uh, subheadline, new moves to outlaw weight discrimination are pushing companies to examine one of the most insidious forms of on-the-job bias. Okay, and they, they start off telling a personal story from somebody. Um, and then it says that it was signed into law in May. New York City bans uh, or ban adds weight and height to the list of characteristics protected from discrimination alongside race, gender, age, religion, and sexual orientation. Okay, have you seen this, like, in different workplaces? No, and I'm, I'm telling you, as a, as a member of the Moved Americans Club... I, I, I'm telling my fellow fatties, don't go down this road, okay? Let, let's just be cool. Let's eat pizza and donuts and just be happy. We don't have to be victims. We're not victims. Okay, are we talking about, like, morbidly obese? Are you talking about overweight? I, don't, I didn't quite understand it. When I was reading this, it was talking about how, you know, different business leaders have this feel this pressure to get buff you know like zuckerberg or um oh amazon guy oh jeff bezos Bezos. yes that that they feel this you know pressure to you know really be fit or whatever that's because you know when you are fit you can project leadership better well i mean we've said this before that christie's too fat to be president you have that said people that. would look at him and go, well, that guy can't even control his own weight. Why would I ever believe he could control a country? Would you take him over Biden? Yes. Well, yeah. But I would take a rock over Biden. <laughs> I understand. I'm okay. saying, okay, you know, in a workplace, if somebody can do the job, whatever that job is. Oh, very I don't care well. either. I'm just saying aesthetically, though, speaking, we look at that and we think to ourselves, these people don't have any self-control at all. And yeah. therefore, they would be terrible leaders. I mean, that's that's just human nature, right, wrong, or otherwise. Yeah. The, the whole part of the pe- uh, piece where it talked about how remote work transformed daily life for some people that were overweight. Okay. said, you know, once they were more successful after they didn't appear in front of people, it was just based on the work. Mm. Right. That's anecdotal. I don't know how much really goes into that. Um. But weight discrimination cases rarely succeed, it said in the piece. Yeah. Well, part of it is because it is fundamentally different than your gender or the color of your skin or your religious affiliation. I mean, it's it's a completely different thing. It's a controllable yes, thing for most people. The vast majority of people who are overweight are overweight because of lifestyle choices. And so... That, but you've heard the backlash of that, and then people involve race in it. Okay. Well, you've heard race. that, though. Yeah, I have. Yeah. We've talked about it. Yeah. The body positivity thing, and then talking about how it's racist because there are some people of color that are more apt to be overweight and how weight is carried. And again, you're talking to medical people, and that doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense, but there is that whole piece out there. Interesting. Anyway. And then there's the case of the missing phone that was found. And 
we talked about this briefly earlier, but it was apparently this college-age kid that lost his phone on a ski slope in Australia. Someone comes across the phone, and then it goes viral because the kid's goals are right there on the front page, and they're calling it an embarrassing list of life goals. Mm -hmm. Okay, and you go through the first five. Are these embarrassing for a younger dude? Number one, get jacked and be 191 pounds. Mm. Okay, I don't know what his weight is. Maybe he's overweight. Maybe he was skinny. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like an okay goal. People have goals. Yeah. Quit all nicotine. Well, nothing wrong with that. Have $25,000 in a bank account. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> have a motorcycle. All right. Okay. Sure. Uh, get good grades in college. Okay. All right. And then the last three people are like, oh, these are embarrassing. Um, one was don't get a haircut for three months. <laughs> Yeah, let it grow, man. So you can save that twenty-five grand. Well, especially yeah, in if he's Australian. I mean, that's like that's yeah. big. The mullet thing is a is a big deal. Yeah, get better at fighting. <laughs> well, well, you've been picked on. You want to? Yeah, sure. Yeah, self defense is good. Right, exactly. And then have three girls on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> you got to have oh. goals, man. <laughs> That's interesting that it's three. Yeah. It's very specific as well. Well, four is just too many. Too many, I suppose. <laughs> well, what we don't know is what is meant by the roster. <laughs> yeah, is it an active roster? <laughs> I, I don't know. See, are you yeah, just saying right. three to choose from, or are you talking about three that you're active with all the time? I, I don't know what you that is. You got two at AAA. <laughs> two of them are on waivers. One you probably know is never going to make it to the bigs, but right. yeah, anyway. You never right. know. Got to get to a news update. Straight ahead. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, this criticism over this Florida law, <laughs> it gets comical Well, to it, some degree. It, it would be comical if it weren't so infuriating. I mean, there it is. It's embarrassing for all the people jumping on this, but uh, the left is lying about Florida. They claim that they want to teach kids that slavery was good. Vice President has made this claim. It's totally not true. Um, one of the guys who worked on the standards is Dr. William Allen. His great-grandfather was a slave, by the way. And yeah. here's what he said about the criticism. Okay. Well, I can't answer critics whom I haven't seen or heard. The only criticism I've encountered so far is a single one that was articulated by the vice president, and which was an error. As I stated in my response to the vice president, it was categorically false. It was never said that slavery was beneficial to Africans. What was said, and anyone who reads this will see this with clarity, it is the case that Africans proved resourceful, resilient, and adaptive, and were able to develop skills and aptitudes which served to their benefit, both while enslaved and after enslavement. Wouldn't it be fun to get him and Kamala together to have a conversation and invite media? Would, oh, yeah. Would, would they even show up? No. That'd be humiliating for Kamala. Oh, yeah. Well, if He'll Kamala even it. heard that statement, it should be humiliating. Was it to her? <laughs> nah. Probably not. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so the Department of Justice is suing the state of Texas. Yeah. And there's an update on that? Yeah, well, they, they've, they're suing the state of Texas over this floating border wall, so to speak, that's in a portion of the Rio Grande of shallow area where a lot of people were crossing. So they put these buoys up with some fencing or netting uh, to dissuade people from going through that part of the river. And apparently that is outrageous and it's hateful and it's inhumane. To tell you people need to, to let people cross there where it's shallow. Yeah, I mean, this administration talks about an orderly process through ports of entry, so send people to a bridge. You know, Governor Abbott said something to the effect of, uh, yeah, people don't drown on a bridge. So if, if you are going to be letting people in at ports of entry, make sure they're going there so they can be accounted for. Don't just let them cross into ranch land or or into the wilderness, or much less, I mean, how many people have already drowned in the river without a barricade there? And they don't care. No, they don't care. Apparently trying to do something about people just waltzing into the country illegally is is hateful and harmful. Not but, only do they not care, our media doesn't care. No. No, no they don't. Um, and so Kamala Harris was talking about these extremist Republicans who are trying to... Say it's a crime to illegally come into the country. Uh, anyway. Extremist so-called leaders demonize, target, and attack immigrants. Time out. In Florida. What is extremist about protecting something that's yours? How did that become extremist? Ever. I know we've all lived through this for years now, all this kind of nonsense, but when you take a step back... Say extremist because you're wanting to protect the border? Yeah. Well, it's fast and loose with the language. Okay, go ahead. Whatever. In Florida, they just passed SB 1718, a law designed to make people live in fear, a law that makes people afraid to even receive care at a hospital because they fear they will be asked about their immigration status. Yeah. Uh, so Florida is basically saying, no, we want to crack down on people who are living in this country illegally. And that's extremist, again. That's upholding the law. Okay, go ahead. Status ...and worry they could be separated from their families and be deported. In Texas, we see reports that authorities have pushed children and pregnant women who crossed the Rio Grande... Back into the river. Inhumane. So that claim right there is one claim from a state trooper, I believe, in Texas. Okay. Who claims that they were ordered to push people back. DPS has come out in the state of Texas, uh, has come out and said, no, that's not our policy. We're not, we don't have a policy of pushing people back into a river. Um and they're investigating to see whether or not those claims are true. We don't know if they're true or not. But, again, 
it really doesn't matter. The the whole horse whipping. I was going to say that they weren't just told, they were whipped into yeah. the river. I mean that that whole thing from what was that now a year ago or so a year and a half ago. Yeah. Um, that that whole thing was very instructive because it doesn't really matter. The left is going to take any report and say it's absolutely true. Of course. And, they lie and deceive all the time. Yeah. Yes. We should all be used to that by now, I guess. Um, hey, it's come out as far as Hunter Biden. Remember that artwork selling for a lot of cash? Yeah. yeah. People love art, okay? And they'll oh. spend top dollar when it's quality art. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, just your regular old jamoke like you, Robbins, you can't spot great art. No, I can't. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Hold on. You're saying it was sold to a Democrat donor? Uh, who yeah. Who Joe Biden put onto a prestigious commission yes weird how that works right Hmm. you know that the gallery brought in 1.3 million dollars for hunter biden's artwork (laughs) (laughs) and they said they said hey there is going to be a clear line right we don't have anything to do with the sale Mm -hmm. of hunter biden's art no no he's not even going to know who the purchasers are Mm -mm. except he does know who two of them are uh, because they're buddies of his who were laundering money, I mean, had an appreciation <laughs> yeah. for his artwork and decided to spend that kind of cash on it. Uh, one of them is a woman named Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali. Uh, she's out of Los Angeles, and she is a major Democrat Party donor. And, uh, well, it just so happens, uh, well, eight months after Hunter Biden's first art opening, Joe Biden announced that Hirsch Naftali's was going to be appointed to the Commission for the Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. Little You don't say nice little reward for her work, something to put on the old resume and whatnot. It's a prestige thing more than anything. It would be fascinating to know if these people who spent all that money buying Hunter Biden's artwork actually have it displayed in their home. <laughs> Only when Hunter comes over. Exactly. <laughs> Other than that, it's like in the garage leaning up against, yeah. you know. The yeah. side of the garage somewhere. Yeah, something. You know, you bring up artwork, man. I don't know why it comes into my head. It's that Jeffrey Epstein art of Bill Clinton in the dress, the blue dress. Yeah. That's very odd. Isn't that one of the craziest things? It is. Yes. And what did that ever mean to you? Like, that's just odd? Or was he thinking, I've got Bill Clinton, you know, basically by the tail. Okay, he is my female dog mm-hmm. because I own him with everything I have on him. I don't know if that was what it I mean, was. You wonder what it is. It's just so freaking odd. Knowing the history of the blue dress, I wonder what Bill Clinton and Jeffrey Epstein were up to. Oh, boy. Okay, moving on. God. Yeah. Get flush mm. that out of my memory yeah. right now. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, damn. Do you hate it when he does that? Yeah, I know. Oh, man. One of the big stories out there today, we talked about it just briefly earlier. Bron James' son suffering cardiac arrest during a basketball workout. Damn. That's Bronny at USC. And this is where we get into the conversation of, I don't know what happened, obviously, that the 911 call was made at USC's facility at 9.26 a.m. yesterday, and Ronnie was unconscious as first responders rushed him to the hospital. Okay, that's not normal. No. Stating the obvious. Okay, David, are you going to get nervous if we start talking about vaccines and stuff? No. 
Okay, that doesn't happen. Tell me, has there ever been a time where you've got somebody that age that this happens to, that they continue to play basketball before 2020? Because I'm not saying it hasn't happened. Just in my own memory, you hear about people collapsing at a practice and you find out they have some sort of heart condition. And because of that heart condition, they can no longer play sports. Yeah. Since the vaccine, we've seen more stories of people suffering from cardiac arrest. And then maybe they go on and play. Yeah. And again, I'm I'm telling you, I'm stating this as someone, I think right now I'm just saying what a lot of people are thinking. Like, how does that happen? That was so rare. Well, it, I mean, the, the cardiac arrest in young athletes, even before 2020, was the number one cause of death of young athletes. Okay. That, like, it, it, as opposed to head injuries or something like that. It happened about uh, somewhere around, I mean, the estimates vary, but somewhere around 100 times a year. Yeah, it's always awful. It's some, you yeah. know, a lot of times it's a kid, football practice. Yeah. But, you know, late summer. Yeah, and all of a sudden you find out, oh my gosh, they had a heart condition no one knew. And, right. and in this case, though, I mean, it it has happened where somebody has a cardiac event and then goes back and plays. It just depends on what the condition was. Like in what cases? I'm asking you like you're a doctor. I don't mean to put you on the spot. <laughs> well, so, honestly, sometimes heat stroke can cause, or something related to a heat illness can cause a cardiac event, and then you know. But that wouldn't be the case it. here. Yeah, again, I don't know what exactly happened to Bronny. And this is crazy. I worked with a guy one time that was told me, and he was a young guy. We were both young. But he told me he had a heart attack in high school during PE. And it turns out he did have some sort of undetectable, you know, ailment. Okay. Heart ailment that was, and I remember looking at him at the time thinking he's like 19 years old. What? He had a heart attack. It's like, yeah. But okay. it was a genetic condition that he had, right. and it was undetectable through a physical, which would be no, there'd be no other reason to go any deeper than a physical on somebody who seems to sure. be healthy at 19, right? Right, right. But he had a heart attack, and it was just one of those weird things. I thought, man, that's weird. Okay. And could still he still do stuff yeah, involving yeah, cardio? I I, I, yeah, he could. Okay. He could, but I don't know about the intensity of, like, college basketball, you know, something like that. I mean, a pickup game with three of your buddies or something. Versus, you know, a high yeah, level like, of, yeah. of the game like that, I, you know, I don't, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird thing. And until we know more, I suppose. I mean, it could be the situation like that. It yeah, could yeah. be, you know, you're working out at USC. Yeah, that it's, you know, the most cardio intense workout of your life. Yeah, but cardiac arrest, man, could have been heat related. I mean, there are a lot of things that it's indoors. Could yeah, but I mean, who knows? I don't know. Dehydration. I'm not. I who knows, be. right? I mean, yeah, we don't, don't know, know, man. But it's it's frightening. No, that. No, honestly, yeah. man, that you feel terrible for that kid. Like that's got to be scary. Yeah, I would think if so. he's going to get back out there, and you assume, I guess he will. I don't yeah. know. It's so early. We're just waiting yeah, for more right, reports yeah, on that. Exactly. Kind of crazy. Um, did you see this story? Of, I thought it was really cool. Uh, Bath and Body Works. If I bring that up. You're going to look at me like, what? You're going to try to sell me a fragrance? That's not it. It was how they really sort of saying, okay, we're going to have to supply all our stuff and make our own stuff here in the United States because of supply chain issues 
back at COVID, and they do that now. There's a whole piece in the Wall Street Journal today that I thought was really cool about how they actually do that. Factories around that their headquarters in Ohio. So my bath beads are now made in Denver? Well, or Ohio. That's nice. Do you, do you use bath beads? Oh, I just know they sell them there. I didn't even know that. You use oh. bath beads. You have before, haven't you? Have I ever used bath beads? Let me think. I don't recall a time, but it wouldn't be out of character if I would have, if they'd have been around. Okay. Everybody likes a good-smelling man, right? <laughs> I knew the essential oils. Yeah. Okay, and yeah. all that stuff. I did not know of the bath beads. Wow. Well, they got them there, you know. Yeah. Candles, good-smelling soaps. I understand. You know, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, okay. And you learn something every day on the show, okay. I'm telling you friend of yours with heart condition that I didn't know about until now? You and the bath beats? What's up in the next segment? You never know. You're not quite sure. How workers really spend their days. That's a Wall Street story today we'll get to coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. If you want to bring up something that will <laughs> get a reaction out of Robbins, bring up the Women's World Cup soccer. Oh, dude. So I, I know that everybody yeah. already knows this, right? I mean, You're already tired of hearing about it, Scott. I, I know. I just, what, it's because story. it's forced upon you? That's what you feel like? You know what? Well, it's two things. Number one, I don't, I, I, first of all, I'm not a soccer fan. I don't understand soccer, period, right? Number two, it's some of the most unappealing people in terms of their <laughs> hatred for my country that I love that I, I can't be a part of it. You're not talking so much men's soccer, but the women's team yeah, in particular. Rapino. Yeah. You know, it's hard for me. You I know, thought she retired, by the way. No, no, no. She's This is the last year. I know. But no, I mean, it's it's tough for me. To, you know how we talk about separating artists from their music, from their politics? Or an sometimes actor. Sometimes that's very difficult to do. Yeah. I can't do it. I don't want to root against the team. I don't. But you do. But every time I see her smugness, I think to myself, geez. Yeah. Makes it tough. I want no part of that. Because some others on the team have sort of followed her. Right. So yeah. I'd rather just be beige about it and just go, eh. Okay. Not participate, not watch, not, you know, whatever. Well, you have a piece of audio, and this was the BBC, and what are they getting after here? So the Women's World Cup going on, BBC, uh, a reporter with the BBC, was at a press conference featuring the captain of the Morocco national team, and the reporter asked a wild question. All right, roll it. In Morocco, it's illegal to have a gay relationship. Um, do you have any gay players in your squad? And what's life like for them in Morocco? Sorry, um, this is a very political question. So we'll just no, stick to political. questions it's, related it's, to no, football, no, no, please. It's, it's about people. Thank it's got you. nothing to do with politics. Okay. Not everyone is obsessed with gay stuff like you. Right. And, dude, you're asking her to out one of her teammates... Where it's illegal. Where it's illegal. <laughs> and it's not a political question. <laughs> kind of idiot is that? <laughs> what a moron. <laughs> I don't mind if they die, but I need my story. <laughs> I, I need to know about the plight of gay Moroccan <laughs> football players. Wow, that's something. No, that's we're we're just going to leave that. No, it's not. So we'll just no, stick to political. questions it's, it's, related to no, football, no, no, please. It's, it's about people. It's Thank you. It's about people. Yeah, okay. it is. It is Shut funny. Up. If you see her uh, reaction to it, 
because she's yeah. listening through a translator. That's somebody who's managing the press conference that interjects there. And mm-hmm. as soon as the translator is in her earpiece saying, uh, talking about like gay players or whatever, mm-hmm. her face just like immediately looks like someone just like farted right under her nose. Oh, yeah, like, like, what are you doing? Really? Come yeah. on, man. Right. Something else I happened to see today that I knew <laughs> yeah. would make you roll your eyes, Scott. It's this Wall Street Journal piece, how workers really spend their days. Because, you know, remote work diehards, as it says in the piece, like to brag about how much more work they get done from home. <laughs> okay. All right. Truth is, it's often their downtime that's so much more productive. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's this trend, and we talked about it last week, where there are a lot of people that will check out sometimes early in the afternoon, mid-afternoon, to go do a bunch of stuff, and then they'll get back to work, say, 8 or 9 o'clock at night. But there are people that are bosses that are getting ticked off because they're looking for answers to questions mm-hmm. or something to be finished up by three thirty, four, five in the afternoon, and these people can't be found. Right, because they're shopping. But then they check them back in, so they're getting it done. They're just later. Right. You don't like that. Well, the world sometimes has deadlines. And those deadlines are, are time constraints you have on certain projects. Can't knock off at 2 o'clock and go down and do a little shopping and come back. This is the Mark Lee Van Camp and Robin Show. <laughs> as long as everybody gets their work done, I don't care one way or another. I just know it, it angers you. What's the biggest story of the day, David? Uh, to me, it's that the Department of Justice is suing the state of Texas because the state of Texas had the audacity to try to defend the border. Um, which really they just kind of give away the game, don't they? Yeah, it tells you exactly where we are right now. When when the White House is coming out and saying, "Well, no, it's harmful to not let people cross the Rio Grande." Okay, <laughs> then yeah. all right, yeah, like you said, they gave away the game there. Um, also, uh, the Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, is saying that they are uh, potentially going to be doing an impeachment inquiry on Joe Biden. No. Not only that, the scariest poll you might see all summer. We'll get to that. And the Scott Robbins mm-hmm. trifecta coming up. Yeah. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, got to get to the Scott Robbins trifecta in just a few. Uh, you have a news update, David? Yeah, I do. Uh, Joe Biden decided to go out and lie again. Um, this time again about books. In Ugh. school libraries, here he is. Are the parent things? Do you ever think we'd be talking about banning books in America? Banning history? I'm serious. Well, the good news is no one's banning books. No. No. God. What are you saying, Joe, that that would be what? Like an assault on free speech? <laughs> Because if that's what you're saying, did you see the latest Pew Research on free speech? Some people have said this may be the scariest poll you'll see all summer. I think Alex Berenson said that. Holy smokes, man. This is a short amount of time. And the story goes, it has confirmed Democrats value free speech far less than Republicans do. Yep. The share of U.S. adults who say federal government should restrict false information has risen from 39% in 2018 to 55% in 2023. So then you wonder, okay, how does that how does that go down to both parties? Who views what where? This is the crazy part to me. In 2018, Democrats supported free speech by a 57 to 40 margin. Okay? Mm-hmm. 
that was almost identical to where Republicans were at that time. They now oppose it by 70 to 28. That's five years. From supporting free speech 5740 to opposing it 7028. Talking about false information, you know, yeah. COVID, other things, social media. Mm-hmm. Got to stamp that out. Is that people just being brainwashed? Yeah. Well, it's people believing this lie that, uh, well, one, there is such a thing, legally speaking, as hate speech. There isn't. Right. Um, or misinformation. Or misinformation. Uh, you are absolutely allowed to lie. I mean, if you, if it were illegal to lie, then Joe Biden would be in prison. True. But to them, the only free speech they care about is, I don't know, when grown men are thrusting their weens in front of children <laughs> or handing out grade schoolers books about kids giving each other humdingers. Right. That's about it. Yeah, not talking about what is age appropriate, what should be in a school. No, you, if you're an adult, you can go into a bookstore and buy any of those books. You can. In Florida. Nobody banned anything. Do you think it's fair to say this? The threat to free speech comes entirely from the left. Um, I mean, I hate to speak in absolutes, but I mean, it's at least 99%. Yeah. More so than left. not. Yeah. 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 Wow, man. I guess that poll just kind of flew by me, and then I saw a couple of people writing about it. Mm-hmm. Berenson, uh, Dennis Prager was writing about it, and, you know, points out. Yeah, if you look in history, as far as the left attaining power, has it ever happened where that's happened and they allowed free speech? Says you can't give an example. Yeah, I mean, if you just world history, yeah, generally leftist movements don't look too kindly upon the idea of free speech. Right. There's just been a lot that's changed in this country in a very short amount of time. You know, and if your utopian ideas were so popular, then I don't understand why you'd have to have an effort to cancel anyone who disagreed with you. And I think isn't that really what it what it comes down to here is is the inability of the left to actually accept that their ideas don't work. This is one of the reasons why we've talked about before. When the left is losing the argument, they just change words. They change the language. Yeah. Because they realize that they cannot actually sell their ideas in a marketplace, in an open marketplace of ideas. So you have to force people to make it, either force people to speak your language or punish people who refuse to do so. Yes, and it's interesting because that's why there's so many people, and I'm thinking, in my mind, like a Joe Rogan or a Jordan Peterson or a Matt Taibbi, that will say, I can't believe that people think that I'm a right winger now (laughs) because I've never been in my life. But because, well, I believe in free speech, now I'm positioned there. Yeah. It's really something. Yeah. And I think it was Prager that pointed out, (laughs) I think this is true, that that's why conservative speakers are rarely allowed to speak on college campuses. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you got the deans and the professors and the administrators all on the left, you know, knowing, well, an effective conservative speaker can undo years of left-wing indoctrination in just 90 minutes. Well, that's why they, that's why they call it um, harmful. 
Yes. If somebody speaks in a way that might offend a liberal student body. And then they have people that are, you know, support staff there after you hear these words and you, the cry closet's not enough. Right. There's the people there to feed you more Kool-Aid to tell you it's going to be okay. Yeah. Holy crap, man. All right. You ready for your big three, Scott? Yeah, let's go. All right, roll it up. Are you ready? It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day about this time, Scott Robbins' top three stories of the day, helped by his hero. I'm Casey Kasem. I think he's ready. Scott's ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Yes. Three. Number three, a Canadian PGA Tour guy got caught cheating. Yeah, uh, Justin Doden is the guy's name. Finally came clean yesterday, admitted he did, in fact, cheat on his scorecard while competing at the Ottawa Open. Hmm. This was over the weekend. Canadian Stuart McDonald defeated American Devin Bling, by the way, in the tournament. Doden withdrew from the event as the tournament officials launched an investigation into his score. He said yesterday, I'm here to confess it's been the biggest mistake of my life. I cheated in golf. This is not who I am. I let my sponsors down. I let my competition down. I let my family down. I let myself down. I pray for your forgiveness. And cited a biblical verse, John 1, 9, after mm. that. Now, apparently what happened was he hit one in the water okay. at the drop. Yeah. And uh, then put it on the green and then putted it in. He should have had a score of seven, apparently, because of the amount of putts he had to get there. But he put down five in the scorecard. So it's, he's not even saying honest mistake. He's saying, I, I did it. it. Yeah. Mm. Well, some other guys he was playing with, when they saw the board, they went, hey, wait a minute. That was at least seven. <laughs> there are no gimmies here. There's going to be some golf reporter out there on that story, and they're going to talk to guys that have played with him before to see if this was really the first time. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times something like that comes out, and then you will see the history. Well, it is the first time. First time he got caught. Right. You know he's done it before. Well, there have been different stories written about where there will be guys saying, listen, man, all of a sudden I saw him drive that thing in the woods, and then yeah. we get up, and I'm seeing him hack one out and says, no, actually I found it. We're like, what? Yeah, right. What do you mean exactly. you found it? Yeah, right. Because there's not tour officials everywhere. Right. Like there are like PGA Tour. Very interesting. Or the guy that just yells, yeah, give me a five. It's right down five. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. We're getting closer and closer <laughs> to number one. Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three of the day. Two. Number two, the governor of New York is allocating state money to give health care to hookers. Yeah. What? Prostitutes, sex workers, escorts, hookers, whatever. I'm not sure if anybody's moving toward legalizing prostitution just yet, but labeling sex workers as victims or both. Governor Kathy Hochul has admitted $1 million will be allotted in taxpayer funds to provide health care services to prostitutes. The New York State Department of Health has awarded the amount, combined over two years, to contractors to fund primary health care for sexual and behavioral health care. It's part of the state's new sex worker health pilot program. Now, first of all, I have a question. Yeah. So I want free health care. I go in and go, I'm a hooker. Do I have to bring a prostitution card with me? Well, they do am, I a a member of, uh, am I a member of a union? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hookers Local 97? How do I prove this? <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, these nutty law they put these things into effect. We're going to help people no. who cannot help themselves. No, I, I bet I, I, I don't have it as proof, but I, my guess as to why this is suddenly so important is its constituent service for Kathy Hochul because you know some bigwig donor just got caught with uh, a lady of the night and may yeah. have brought home, I don't know, something that he picked up to his wife, who's also a bigwig Democratic donor. And he says, you know what, I'm going to... I'm, I've seen the errors in my way, and I'm I, I'm going to uh, uh, fight for a just cause, like free health care and screenings for hookers. Wow. This may very well be the case. I mean, I again. Thinking, don't you already have the hooker vote going for you? <laughs> I mean, low income, you can prove that. Yeah. You know, you can prove that. Uh, minority status, you can prove that. Mm-hmm. I'm a hooker. I want free health care. You're not a hooker. Yes, I am. Prove otherwise. Well, Okay. All right. Now, that's not as tricky as it sounds. No, I think it is. I think it's more, even, even trickier. <laughs> well, okay, the Scott Robbins trifecta. Did he just throw the word trick in there, by the way? Yeah. I'm just asking. Okay, thank Top you. three of the day. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay, good. Up to number one. <laughs> Master communicator, even from beyond the grave. <laughs> number one, wow. a, a new grant for research, <laughs> as you worried, Scott. Oh, God, this stuff. Why is this happening? A team of scientists has won a $600,000 grant from the government of Australia to continue their work merging human brain cells with AI. What could possibly go wrong here? Wow. Once you start that nonsense up, the grant came from the Office of National Intelligence with over overseas Australia's intelligence community. They're doing this in collaboration with other people. Yeah, scientists at Johns Hopkins, by the way, are working on research, too, to enable AI to be constructed using human brain cells, arguing that the use of organic materials is more efficient than the traditional computing brains. You said this a long time ago, David. Why not just stop this? Yeah, well, because the nerds want revenge, and they will yeah. have their revenge. That's I'm telling you, man, the marauding, the marauding will start in packs of 20. <laughs> Have some super brain computer taking yes. over the uh, the planet, and Anthony Fauci's ghost is going to be out there saying it came from a pangolin at a wet market. <laughs> you'll be so able there's to, your answer. You'll be able to get a vaccine against it. <laughs> Scott Robbins trifecta. There you have it. Thank you, oh, Casey. Dang. Appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a little frightening. All yes. right, got to get to another news update and Nimrods in the news straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. You know, apparently, if you have questions about this push to get a bunch of people in uh, the Western world to start eating bugs, that's racist. I heard that. And it's a conspiracy theory. Yeah, NPR oh. put out a story, and it, it says, This right-wing conspiracy theory about eating bugs is about as racist as you think. Racist. I I don't really know how it's all that r racist, but um, uh, okay. Everything's racist, man. We just got to get used to it. Everything that. is, but also it's been pointed out now by uh, Stephen Miller and others that NPR itself has talked about the joys of eating bugs and how it's sustainable for the environment. It's better. It's protein-packed nutrition. 
Yet they've reported on it quite a bit from what I understand. Yeah. But it's a conspiracy. It's a conspiracy theory. That they've been reporting on. That's racist, uh, I guess. Okay. Nope, nobody wants to eat bugs. Nobody wants to eat bugs. No, they don't. If, yeah. it was, if it was something that we might like, well, we wouldn't have any problem trying to sell it, right? Yeah, it's one of those things. If you were forced to do it to survive, right. yeah. you could do it. Well, yeah, that's... I, but I, no one wants to do it. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the reason why it, it may be construed as racist to have an opposition because, well, you know, black and brown people around the world eat bugs. Uh, because they don't have a lot of other options. No. Right. That's why. They're not driving past a Dairy Queen and a Chick-fil-A and a Taco Bell on their way to another restaurant. I mean, they're, they're, they, it's like, yeah, we're going to figure out a way to make crickets taste good. Yeah, at, here at Bugger King. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they have, it, t- I, they have Chick-fil-A. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great story for saying, you know, so many people in the United States don't understand how good they have it. No. Uh, by the way, on that, I saw the uh, average American says they need three vacations a year. There you go. Good for you. It always reminds me of Robin's looking at someone's social media posts. On vacation, you're always on vacation. Well, their whole life is vacation. <laughs> their, your entire life. And with that, we go to Nimrod. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. I don't know why it's got me laughing, Scotty. Maybe it was that week you were gone last week. Missed your rantings, I guess. Mm -hmm. Something else that you've already ranted about. What's wrong with this internet? I know. So I got this story out of Pennsylvania. The 62-year-old guy, Clyde Smay is his name. Uh, he was arrested because he pulled a gun on the internet repairman. Jeez. Totally, okay, it's somewhat unclear exactly how it went down, but the reports were the repair guy was about to leave without finishing the job. Oh. I don't know if there was something he couldn't do. We're not quite oh, sure man. why, but Clyde was not happy, kind of freaked out, pulls a gun, starts threatening the guy. Okay, no one got hurt. That's the good news. Clyde, by the way, convicted felon. Wasn't allowed to have a gun. So he was charged for that, along with making terroristic threats, false imprisonment, simple assault, and harassment. We don't know if you ever got the internet working or not. Doesn't matter now, does it? Not quite sure on that one. And I'm glad, honestly, that details are sketchy on this. Uh, out of Illinois, 39-year-old guy has been now arrested for the second time this year for being near horses with no. his no genitals no. exposed. God. Yes, that's. I don't know any more than that, and no. that's that's a good thing. And that's Nimrod's in the Easy. news. You're getting it right from the horses, mom.